Welcome to the Mortcast, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com, where, with winter coming on, you can book yourself a virtual wine tasting if you can't make it downtown to the dairy block. Um, they ship stuff to you so you can participate into this, uh, this kind of this Zoom invite meeting, which is really nice and cool. Um, uh, I've talked to a couple of people who, and they really love it. So check that out. You can go to bfwdenver.com and try that, or you can pick yourself up a wine bottle, um, you know, get yourself some of the 2017 Cabernet, some of the, uh, Lake Street Blend, both are excellent, but they have everything else that's there that's basically excellent. If you like white wines, they got that. They've got uh, a rosé, they got blends, they got basically everything you need to satisfy your wine tasting palate. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. Pick yourself up a bottle, book yourself a virtual wine tasting, uh, book yourself a table, or pick yourself up some swag. They are on Facebook and Instagram at our Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSC Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, and I can already tell this is going to be a controversial episode, um, and I don't know why. I think these things are fairly obvious uh, that I'm going to be talking about, so uh, you'll forgive me uh, if I'm not really sure why people aren't seeing what I'm seeing here. Um, and uh, people, you got to go back to my listen to my podcast with Mike Singer. Um, and listen to my podcast with Matt Moore. I talked to both of them about the issues of trying to mesh Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic. And I'm going to reiterate something that I, I've said multiple times in the past, but I'm going to say it here too because this is dedicated to this issue. If you listen to Michael Porter Jr.'s podcast with J.J. Riddick, you will come away with a, maybe not, uh, you won't understand completely where Mike's head is, but you will be able to get a better idea of how he views life, okay? And the, when, he, when he just, just people need to focus on this and not think it as Mike thinking, slighting Jokic, okay? But when he said... That when he came in, he thought Mason Plumley looked better than Jokic. That is because of a universe of basketball that Michael Porter Jr. was brought up in and worked in. The AAU circuit um, is completely different from having to play with Nikola Jokic. We need to understand this, folks. <laughs> Jokic, playing with Jokic is not the same as growing up in AAU basketball, Okay. Um, and I'm not sliding AAU basketball here. It's just everyone knows this is a different thing. American basketball, particularly NBA basketball, is so much different, so much different from the what Jokic has been doing with the Nuggets or even further back going into European basketball. It's not the same thing. Um, and it, it is an adjustment to bend to whatever it is Jokic wants to, to do. Um, I think where we miss the boat is looking at Mike 
and understanding. He's a homeschooled guy for most of his life. Only went to high school in only one year of college. Uh, his, his entire um, teenage to early adult life has been gearing towards being a star in basketball. Okay, That is his one singular goal. And, his, and he is insanely talented. He's one of the best shooters I've ever seen in a Nuggets uniform. Okay, He is that good. Um, he has every right to think the way he thinks. It's just he plays with Nikola Jokic, who exists in a completely different universe. And if I'm going to have you guys understand something, it is hard for NBA players who are growing up being a star to adjust to the universe that is Nikola Jokic. Gary Harris was the perfect Nikola Jokic player. This is not. This has nothing to do with his chemistry with Jamal, okay? Gary Harris was the perfect Jokic player. He would cut to the basket or he would stand in the corner. Gary was always moving, but he would that, those were his destinations, either cutting to the cup or drifting to the corner, but he was always moving. Uh, Nikola Jokic loved that, loved that, because he can see over the defense and he can pass to a cutter very easily. And there was no better cutter on this Nuggets team than Gary Harris. And he was the perfect Jokic ball player. Do not include Jamal Murray and what Jokic does with Jamal Murray in that. That is a completely separate thing. That is a more traditional pick and roll based thing. It is a two man game that is a very, that's fundamental to the NBA. Okay? That is not quote unquote Jokic ball. Jokic ball is cutters all moving at once, uh, keeping the defense on its heels. Um, him being able to pass to whoever wants, anticipating where the guy's going to be. Um, it is all fundamentally part of what Jokic likes to do. That is what he loves. He loves doing that. He's done that. Loves, I mean, he loved Kenneth Fareed. Okay, Kenneth Fareed would either stand in the dunker's position or make himself open. Okay. Um, one guy he had more struggle playing with, but the offense was dynamite with him, was Danilo Gallinari. The 2016-17 Nuggets had the best, one of the best offenses I've ever seen, and we we I talked and touched on this on a different podcast. Uh, that's when Chris Finch was here, um, and it was the uh, Gallows last year. But man, that Nuggets offense was amazing, absolutely amazing. Particularly once they figured out that Nurkic couldn't start in this scenario, right? They couldn't play them together, right? Once they figured that out, the, the, that offense was just dynamite. And it was because there was two things going on. Gallo would isolate when the Nuggets were having offensive trouble. And Jokic it was playing Jokic ball. Okay, And that is why, basically, it was... I mean, plus and Chris Finch is a freaking genius with offense. Um, those three things combined, that offense being just humming. Jokic had a hard time playing with Gallo because Gallo liked to, at the, particularly at that time, not so much anymore, but Gallo at that time liked to isolate and liked to draw fouls, you know, and he was able to do that at a much better letter level than he is now as, at age, you know, 33, okay? There is there's that dynamic going on there. The problem in, with Michael Porter Jr., is like unlike Gallo, who grew up in the European way, and there was much more of a 
share the ball way in Europe. Um, Porter is, his existence is not that way. He is mentally, it's not selfish, guys. It's just the way he was brought up. Imagine you come into a situation where you were always, not necessarily always the guy, because Porter's gone through a ton of adversity. A ton of adversity, folks. Between his back injury, uh, his two surgeries, uh, people passing on him in the draft big time, the stuff that he has went through from being a, um, a rookie who sat out for an entire season to basically not even being able to break into the lineup um, in 2019-20 until there was a pandemic going on. And then yesterday, yesterday, last year with like having some of the worst confidence issues I mean, you've, he's ever seen culminating in that Boston game, right? There was all these things happening at once, but Mike's been through some adversity, but his entire training and basketball upbringing is within that AAU thing where, where you are a star and your mentality is brought up to be a star. And within that frame and construct, Everyone, if you have that mentality, the offense is built around you. It's not necessarily you want to take all the shots, but your offense is built entirely around you and what you're good at. This Nuggets offense is built around Nikola Jokic and what he's good at. And Michael Porter Jr. adapting to that has been, I think, a struggle. It's worked at times, but it's worked within the frame of... Jokic understanding that he's hot and getting him the ball. And Mike was missing shots against the uh, Spurs. But he was still hustling a lot. Um, He wasn't a nothing. Um, And he tried to adapt by becoming more of a playmaker. Um, He had five assists the first game. But the struggle is between Jokic and his understanding of what he wants to do and Porter and the way he was brought up. I mean, you got you all got to get past the headline, folks. You got to get past the headline and understand it's more of a mentality than it is a selfishness. You guys hear what Mike says, and that would be perfectly fine within a construct of something that is built entirely around what he does well. And this Nuggets team is not, by any stretch of the imagination, built around what Mike specifically does well. And I do not blame Mike at all for struggling to adapt to this. Okay? It is just the way things have to work with him, which is fine. I think eventually he will find a way, and I think eventually the Nuggets will find a way. Uh, I have to agree with Matt Moore. Um, he said this on the podcast I did with him last week. It's the, some of this is the failing of the coaches. They've really just left it up to Nikola Jokic. And Nikola just doesn't, I mean, you could tell, and I'm, I'm just projecting here, but you could tell Nikola just doesn't understand Michael Porter Jr., and I can tell tell you in a great sense, I don't think Mike understands Nikola. All right, this is the first kind of player this the, the Nuggets have had since Nikola Jokic has been here, who has was brought up within a a frame of construct to where he was the star. Okay, 
maybe a little bit Jamal Murray, okay? But Jamal was is a little different. We all understand that Jamal's like a guy that shows his worth by outworking you. That's exactly what his his frame of thought is. Um, not necessarily understanding who you are and understanding that you are better than everyone else, which is the way that Michael Porter Jr. came up. Okay, so imagine Trey Young, okay? Imagine Trey Young coming into a system where he has to adapt to Nikola Jokic. Okay, think about that and think about uh, particularly Trey Young's mentality and think about how that would apply to him trying to adapt to Nikola Jokic. Okay? Just just think, put, then maybe you understand the struggle. Okay? Then maybe you understand why things are fits and starts and why these guys are not on the same page all the time. Okay. It is because it is a, it is a, they exist on two completely mentality planets. These, neither of these guys, we know you, Nikola Jokic is not selfish. And quite frankly, I don't think Mike is. Okay. Mike wants to do what's best for a team, but his understanding of what was best for a team has always been something catered to his own specific skill set. And we, and we as basketball observers look at Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. from Nikola Jokic's lens, naturally, because he's been here longer, he won the MVP last year, all of that. But we look at it specifically through Jokic's eyes, because he is the dominant force within our universe as far as this basketball team goes. But if we step outside of it, we understand that one guy is coming into it to where he is is completely different area of life, outlook, everything, from Nikola Jokic. And the struggle to marry those things is why this looks so weird. It is, people have said, well, um, uh, I think the lockdown guys said this, uh, that you look at the stats with those two on the floor and it's amazing. Even though it doesn't look right. And that is because the sheer talent of both of these guys is enough to where it works, quote-unquote, in a team sense, because Michael Porter Jr. has tremendous gravity as a shooter, uh, as Mike, as Adam Meadows would say, his gravity is a shooter, and he pulls people to him, and it creates natural spacing. Okay, how you make it deadly is going to be the problem, and I think I think based on what I've seen. I think I've come to the uh, realization that they just need to do two simple things. And on the other side of the DraftKings read, I will tell you exactly what needs to be done and how the Nuggets can kind of accomplish that. But first, I need to talk to you about DraftKings, uh, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. NFL fans, hungry for a big uh, win this week? Well... This week, next week, whatever. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win their game, and if they win, you, and if they do, excuse me, you win two hundred dollars in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. That is, it's that simple. I hate that expression, but whatever. That's what it says here. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook uh, customers can also get skin in the game with uh, new same-game parlays. Uh, I've, I've I've talked to you about this before, these parlays, any sort of parlay, and these same-game parlays, it really is a way for you to uh, make a lot of hay with uh, a lot more money. 
and uh, this is this is really really part of that. They they are able to kind of expand what you're able to do, and they say it's more legs in the uh, you know more skin in the game, more legs and it's all that, but it's it's just a way to get more money. Um, Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets if they win. You win with promo code MHS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, we're back. Now, I will give Jeff Morton's solutions to our, to, to begin to address what's going on with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, within the construct of the offense, specifically when it comes to Nicole Jokic. Uh, Mike, Mike is just going to have to concede that he's going to need to cut more. Um, he needs going. He needs to absorb the Gary Harrisness. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is very much not Gary Harris, but he's, he needs going. He's, he needs to be, you know, kind of able to absorb some of what Gary used to do. Um, make yourself available a lot. So a lot of that means just cutting the basket. Um, he Mike tends to take himself out. By that, uh, if the first look isn't there and someone is impeding him, he tends to drift out or stay at the the line, the three-point line. And the Nuggets have... I, I think the problem here is that the teams put their best defender on, on Mike. So uh, inevitably what happens is that's why the Nuggets' offense is so good. The, the, Mike occupies the best defender... Um, and that kind of creates, like I said, natural spacing. But what he could do better is just find a way for him to make himself available in a different way. Um, and I think I think what's happened is he's not Mike's not fast. He's long. He's lanky. He's got arms. This you know that go for days. But it's it's he he could get passes down low, and I think I think where the Nuggets have struggled is getting him these mid post touches, and he could really make a lot of hay there. He's more than Clay Thompson. Uh, with due respect to my friend Adam Mares, um, you do an, an enormous disservice to his size if you treat him like a six foot ten Clay Thompson. Um, Mike's just bigger than everyone else, and if you just limit him to a to a spot up shooter, it's, it's just. If, first of all, it's like his his function within the Nuggets' offense is no longer special. He's just a guy who hits, who hits shots, and you're happy with him getting 15 points a game. That's not what the Nuggets played paid a potential 207 million for. What they are wanting is to be him to become a dynamic offensive player. And what then they need to do, and what Mike needs to do on his end, is to make himself available. It doesn't necessarily have to be constant cutting, but he does need to do that more. But he needs to get down, have his hands up in the air, get ready for a pass, secure the pass, and go up quickly. That's it. Go, 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 get it, go in, make yourself available. Because 
the standing outside and waiting for a pass and just being the guy who moves the ball to the other side of the offense is not good enough. And like I said, some of that is the failing of the assistant coaches. Uh, what Jokic needs to do is learn to where Michael Porter Jr. likes his spots. And accept that sometimes he's going to take a shot that's difficult that he'll inevitably make. Um, I think Jokic's demonstrative reactions to some things that Mike does is kind of, kind of not helpful. He needs to be more empathetic to where what Mike is his where his where his brain's at. He needs to develop that empathy. This comes is mostly a product of these two coming from two completely different universes that has made this a thing. The Nuggets could do themselves a failure, and Jokic can do himself a favor by just learning where Mike likes to go and allowing and facilitating the offense to go that direction because he is the single greatest offensive quote-unquote force outside of Jokic on this team as currently constructed. You can't have a game where he scores seven points. You just can't. Uh, the Nuggets got away with that because they're playing um, a fairly mediocre Spurs team. But you play the good teams in the league, you're just not going to overcome that. You're just not. You need. There's no excuse for him not taking over 10 shots a game. Uh, there's no excuse for him not getting multiple good looks in a game. Uh, and it is something that I think Jokic needs to adapt to and understanding where Mike is comfortable. And, and, and it's really interesting how it just doesn't seem like Jokic understands where Mike likes his shots, where he's most comfortable. It's like those two have never communicated that. And it's, and it's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird. There is this, it, it is, just seems to me like there is a basketball brick wall between the two of them that needs to be broken down. You know, a lot of that's communication. Um, a lot of that is growing to understand each other more. You know, I'm getting in a more psychological way uh, uh, thing, but I mean, quite, quite frankly, if you're going to be on a team that has five players in a starting lineup, you're just going to need to understand where that guy's at. And that is where I think Jokic needs to do a better job. Mike needs to, to as I said before, he needs to participate in his own good looks. But Jokic needs to understand where Mike likes the ball. And I think they can get there. Now, there's part two of this, and, and I, I'm i just going to throw this out there. Malone needs to get over his lack of staggering thing. I just it's, it's frustrating. I don't know why he does it. I don't know why he has a resistance to it. I think he feels obligated to play players because of their veteran status. But... Um, Mike playing with the bench was really good last year, and he was better with Jokic, but he was still good last year. And why he doesn't explore that in a way with a different combination, not maybe not have him play with Faku, um, maybe have him like stagger both he and Monte and b b get them out there. I think that may be something that, that could inevitably work. But I don't think, I think Malone is steadfast in playing certain guys. And that is going to be something that I'm going to watch for through this year. And you can almost inevitably guarantee, you can guarantee that I'm going to be having a 
conversation about Malone's lack of staggering here that is going to come up. Also, Malone's comments at the end of the game about guys being frustrated. Um, Y'all need to stop assuming that he's talking about Mike. That's all I'm going to say. All right? That's that's my last word on that matter. You're just going to have to stop assuming that he's talking about Mike. All right. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast part of the CSG Network. I will be back soon with another episode. Adios.